Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Jay, big news. Okay, give it to me. We have gone intercontinental. Intercontinental. I would like to say hello to our new listeners in Africa. What? Yada and Lizzie both reached out to me on Facebook, are now listening to the Reality Bites podcast. Welcome. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't it? I was so excited. <laughs> this is the Reality Bites podcast. It's Megan and Jay. Now, before we jump in to talking about episode three okay. of 90 Day Fiance last night, I do think think the season got off to a slow start but the drama is coming in waves now it ramped up pretty quickly before we get into that what'd you do this weekend the only problem with 90 day fiance that i found is that it runs the same time as football season which means that when i come in on a monday my mood is very dependent on how my team did and my Mm. team did not do well Mm. so that's yeah that's a little look into what happened with me this weekend so (laughs) we should just skip that and get right to what you did i went to an oyster roast really yeah so my next door neighbor wanted to go to this oyster roast and i was like yes let's do it and i like oysters but i'm terrified of them because last time i went home i grew up in this small town called wilmington north carolina which is right on the atlantic ocean and my mom told me two months ago a guy was down at wrightsville beach on vacation ate some oysters that were contaminated and died oh wow the same night like he just like passed away immediately but you know i just thought if it's my time to go then so it shall be if an oyster takes me out. But listen, I'm here. I lived to tell the tale. So you I live and learn. You crash, crash and, and burn. burn. Sometimes you do. <laughs> In the words of Robert, who had a bunch of new catchphrases last night oh to add gosh. to the list. Also, I normally don't like to talk about other shows. I like to stay very focused. focused. Okay. However, I just saw something on social media, screenshotted it because I was like, Jay's going to die. Do you recognize those two people in that picture? Oh, that's uh, Jesse and who's the other lady? Who is it? Oh, wait, is that is that uh, Maria? That's Maria. What? Yes. Okay, so if you're joining us oh, and have gosh. watched prior seasons of the show, then you know who Jesse is, Darcy's ex. You know Maria was this girl that we thought was catfishing Caesar all through 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days last season. Jesse and Maria are together at a hotel in Barcelona. He posted this picture on Instagram. So happy to meet with you. I mean, their heads are together. It looks very much like they are a couple. It looks like a coupling type picture. That does not look just friendly to me. Oh my god! So new couple alert. Possibly Jesse and Maria, one of our first crossover couples. Caesar has to be so upset right now. Where former cast members from other versions of the show are now hooking up with each other. Jesse's eating her chocolate panties right now. Woo! No, because Caesar still has them. <laughs> she, she never got them. <laughs> All right, so here we go. 90 Day Fiance, episode three, last night. It was a good one. It was I'm really good. starting to get invested now, and I wasn't sure when this season 
started, I felt like the general sentiment online was that people weren't really into this new cast. There are definitely couples who I'm kind of like pulling for, and I'm like, oh, I really hope they work out. And there's couples who I'm like, ah, oh, you two, just get off my screen. So, yes. Seriously. Like, go ahead, call it quits, go home before you embarrass yourselves any <laughs> right, further. Exactly. So, let's start with one of those couples who appears to be not on the same page, not even a little bit. Okay, I will tell you who my guess is. I'm talking about Anna and Marcel. Yes. Things started out looking really good for these two because they're both interested in beekeeping. <laughs> and you think, oh, two weirdos have right. found each other through a Facebook group. This is perfect. If it's beekeepers really... can't find love, then who can? There's no and, hope for And it's such like an odd thing to be into that if you find someone else who's really into it, it would seem like you have something in common, which is a good place to start Absolutely. in a relationship. Now, Anna lives in Bellevue, Nebraska. Marcel is from Turkey. We have seen him very awkwardly stumble off his airplane with a new friend named Omar. No idea where that guy came from. Immediately, we know that there's a huge communication barrier. They cannot communicate without using a translator app. They go to her house. She introduces Marcel to her three kids. The kids aren't necessarily feeling this whole situation. That was an awkward introduction. Right. Then we see them go to dinner. Anna, Marcel, her oldest son, Gino, and her mom, Charlene. Right. Where we find out that Marcel's family doesn't know that Anna has three kids. Now, originally, my thought was, oh, so he's planning to go ahead and marry her and then tell his family. And what we're seeing now is that he thinks that he can hide this from his family until they're on their deathbed <laughs> and then he can come clean and be forgiven for his sins. Well, I guess the bright side is that he anticipates it's only going to be about 10 years before they're dead because he's like, hey, wait about 10 years, they'll be on their deathbed, we'll be good. I felt so bad for Anna's kids last night. That was rough. To have to hear that from the person who your mom is so in love with and you can obviously see that she cares about this person and that he probably in their eyes, even though for him he probably does care about the kids, but from their perspective, he clearly does not care about us. That's what they're thinking, because why would you hide people that you care about? Well, and he referred to her kids as some issues. Like, that's not how you refer to children. He doesn't seem to have any tact whatsoever. None. Maybe because of the communication barrier, but she's really starting to realize this may have been a huge mistake. And you can tell her happy-go-lucky, bubbly demeanor in the beginning has very much shifted into a space of worry and, oh crap, what have I gotten myself into? And he's still very kind of oblivious to the fact that this is going to be a major issue that might derail their relationship. Mind you, Marcel, you're on a television show trying to hide what you're doing from your family in front of millions of people. <laughs> it's like, what? what is the thought process behind that? Because they don't get TLC in Turkey? Oh my! And mind <laughs> you, they are engaged. They have to get married within 90 days or he has to leave and go back to Turkey. So like 86 days away. In the beginning, it was like, oh, these, these two seem cute and a little weird, but okay. And now I'm like, oh my God. I still have a little bit of hope because I feel like he's Muslim, she's Christian, so they have different holidays. So it's not like you have to worry about Christmas in Turkey, <laughs> you know, so there's some opportunity but... to keep the kids away for a little bit. <laughs> 
I don't. Oh man! Like I said on the last episode, I'm I'm frustrated with her because I don't think she thought this through whatsoever and didn't have some of these important conversations prior to getting engaged, prior to applying for the K-1 visa, prior to him arriving. I don't understand why you don't talk about those things up front. Right. If you like, if they're just friends on Facebook or whatever, okay, you might not have these conversations about well, how would your family feel about you know being in a relationship with me, and my children? But once you know that you're going to the next step. Once you know that you're proposing, that he's going to move here, you're trying to get married, you should immediately have that conversation about, hey, what about the issue of my kids? You know, right, is that going right. to be something going forward? Yeah, and forward? How, how are we going to navigate this? Exactly. And so I really don't understand being a grown adult and not having some of these conversations ahead of time. It makes no sense to me. Well, it's their destiny. It's their destiny now. <laughs> it's their destiny. Although, to be clear, Anna's like, I don't even know what that means. Like, <laughs> yeah. what is your destiny? I like, <laughs> I don't think he quite used it in the proper context either. I don't know. Uh, all right, let's move on to Mike and Natalie, who we finally got to know last night. I mean, three episodes in, and we had heard of them, but we actually got to meet them last night. My name is Mike. I'm 34 years old. I live in Squim, Washington. Everywhere I go, I love being the center of attention. Being 6'7", I'm tall, I'm loud, I'm proud. I got lots of positive energy, and I think people just feed off it. But when one of my best friends, Matt, got married to his wife, Svetlana, from Kiev, Ukraine, they had a baby, and they named me the godfather, and his wife's best friend, they named the godmother. When Svetlana showed me pictures of Natalie, I thought at first sight that she was absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. I was hesitant at first, and I was saying to myself, why in the world would this woman possibly be interested in a guy like me, you know? I mean, not saying I'm not a catch, you know, but... <laughs> The one thing that makes this a little bit different is that they have mutual friends in common. Uh, first of all, I like them, and then I also like the way that they met. Right. Because it's actually very common for people, like, you know, you have a friend, and it's like, oh, Introduce I have a friend. Introduce you to my friend. I have a friend who'd be perfect for you. So, from there, we know that Mike is this, like, six foot seven, larger-than-life country guy who does not appear to be all that well-educated or have a lot of social graces. I mean, he lives on his family's farm. By contrast, you have Natalie, who seems to be extremely educated. Two degrees, journalism and psychology. Yeah. And she's a model. And they and he says like they're they're like exact opposites. They don't appear to have anything in common. She's a vegetarian. And he's a meat eater. She likes adventure. She's very active. And he seems to want to sit around and drink beer and kick it with Uncle Bo, who, by the way, Bojangles. lives in the barn. <laughs> You're like, you can't even let your uncle sleep on your couch? Like, what's that all That's about? so many questions about Bojangles. Is it his mom's brother or his dad's brother? They do not clarify. It's just Uncle Bo. Because he bought the farm from his dad. So it also made me wonder, like, did his dad pass away? Did his dad just say, here's the farm and, you know, do it? It sounded to me like dad decided to sell the farm because it's a tree farm, which I would imagine means it's like a Christmas tree farm or something like that. And it probably just became too much. As you get older, it's a pretty right. physical type of farm to have to maintain. So my guess is that it's like, well, I'm just going to sell it. And then Mike was like, well, I'll buy it. But then we learn this has created a financial situation for him that he has not told Natalie about. So she has no idea that she's about to move over to the U.S. and essentially, if they get married, inherit his debt. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's an interesting situation with a lot of the couples, too. You know, obviously, we have some well-off couples or sponsors in the U.S., but some of the sponsors are, you know, they kind of downplayed their financial situation to these people coming to this country. And the people coming to this country Country ain't 
having it. They're not about that. That's a common theme on this show, though. It's like we've said in the last season that we were doing is that there's this idea, if you're from a foreign country, that all Americans live the good life. And you don't really realize that once you get over here, you might have had it way better where you came from. Yeah, Natalie's sending him pictures of Kiev, you know, on the skyline and all the buildings. She's out in the nice restaurants. And he's like, hey, babe, by the way, when you get here, all the restaurants close by 10. And well, there is not much to do in Squim, Washington. It's like it's like a small town. He said there were 7,000 7, people. people. I have a feeling that part of the issue, once they're together in the same place, is going to be that she hates it there. Yeah. I mean, Bored same, out of her mind. We had just talked about uh, Marcel and Anna, but, you know, first thing when he got here, he's like, oh, well, Turkey, there's so much going on. It's so vibrant, and you we have mountains and scenery, and you get to Nebraska, and it's just flat. And Bellevue, it's like, Nebraska, which I have never been to, but I imagine is also not the most exciting place in the world. <laughs> Lovely, though. So we do find out last night that Natalie's there's a problem with her visa and it's going to be another six months before she can either come to the U.S. or can be interviewed again to get approved for her K-1 visa. And Mike says that he will fly to the Ukraine. So a guy who we already know has financial problems has been to Ukraine once. They went to Paris together. That's where he proposed to her and is now going to plan a trip over to Ukraine to see her because she can't come right away. And also, they had already bought the ticket for her to come just assuming right. that there weren't going to be any problems. It's like, <laughs> that was a bad decision, too. Yeah, I don't know. Again, a lot of times people buy the tickets. We've seen this in other episodes and other uh, seasons. And they don't really discuss whether these are refundable, if these are like ones transferable, that you transferable. Like maybe we if can, you can change, yeah, the, change date. the date. So let's hope that he can use... Yes, maybe about the travel insurance, (laughs) something, some sort of. I mean, if you haven't learned anything from watching the show in the past, it's that you have to have a ticket that can be changed. Travel insurance is going to be your friend at all times. Yeah. All right. Who do you want to do next? I I really want to talk about Robert and Annie. Oh, man. All right. Now, we knew going into it that there was going to be some volatility with these two mm-hmm. robert is uh, 41 he lives in winter park florida annie is 30 she's from the dominican republic so far all we really know about them is they met on facebook he booked a cruise stopped in the dominican republic for eight hours proposed, proposed. to her her k-1 visa got approved <laughs> and she has now arrived in the u.s now this is one of those where i kind of go back and forth exactly. of whose side i'm on i was in the this. same way the entire entire segment i was like oh yeah she's right no wait a minute no he's kind of right no she's it's just they're both a mess yep so so she has arrived it was very sweet when she met robert's son bryson yes she's very sweet with bryson so that's a redeeming quality that's something we like about her absolutely but here we are it is day two and she says to robert that she needs some clothes because she left all of her clothes in the dominican republic and for her sister, for, for to, her sell. sister to sell yep. and she doesn't have anything to wear so he says all right i'll take you shopping doesn't ask her like where would you like to go like what kind of things do you like because i got a place for you. i'm gonna take you someplace and he shows up at a thrift shop now she doesn't realize that the clothes are used but she definitely walks in and is like less than impressed with Absolutely. the selection i want to go to america i want to buy fashion clothes like chanel versace no man bring me a store like that i don't like that's clothes I like elegant clothes. Elegant clothes? You got nice things in here. Like... I don't like that. It's not for me. That's for girls. For little girls. Get out of that shit. That's pretty nice. Like, look at this. This will go with you. Crazy? I don't want to use... 
this sweet little sales girl comes over <laughs> and it's like, can I help you with anything? She is sour, doesn't want to be there, doesn't like any of the clothes. And that's when she learns that everything there has already been worn and is used. Yeah, the sales assistant says, you know, we buy from the public daily, so there's bound to be something that you're going to like here. And she's like, wait a minute, these are used clothes? She storms out, don't buy me anything then. And he comes out with an attitude, basically claiming, you know, accusing her of being extremely selfish and unappreciative and ungrateful. And yes, she was. But her point is, you told me when I came over here that you were going to take me shopping and buy me nice things. And so... I feel like he definitely misrepresented himself. Absolutely. Like, I mean, and people shop at thrift stores all the time. And sometimes you find like, thrift shopping. yeah, you find real cool stuff, but you should definitely kind of get a sense of what that person likes, what their, you know, what their style is, because there's also different types of thrift shops. There are thrift shops that do cater to more, you know, expensive type clothing, consignment stores and stuff sure. like that. They have a little more specialized stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, would it have been so hard to take her by, you know, Ross or Kohl's or wherever. Or Target. Yeah, or Target. Yeah, it's why he chose to take her to that store. Or, or even take her to the mall, like she said. Like malls have plenty of little shops. Forever Twenty One. That's exactly H&M, what I was thinking. Exactly. Some of those fast fashion budget brands that aren't overly expensive. You could have bought her stuff that at least she liked. And like, how did you not know better? It was amazing. She likes really elegant stuff. But then after she said that, I could not stop focusing on the blue dress that had like the peekaboo with the bra that is exposed the entire time. Like, <laughs> is that the way you're supposed to wear that? Because I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But I don't know if you know. So so when they go shopping during the day she's wearing like a jumpsuit and her bra is hanging out the back yes i didn't know that too then they must go back to the apartment she changes because they're going to dinner and now she's wearing a blue dress and her bra is still showing <laughs> but there are some women who are comfortable dressing that way and will expose bra straps or whatever so i don't know maybe she one of the things that she left for her sister to sell was the bra that she should have worn <laughs> with that dress but they're heading to dinner and there's just this like almost mutual dislike of each other that is building 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 like he doesn't seem to really like her she's they really don't they really talk to each other pretty spicy she's talking about day two she's like hey watch out before i throw this wine in your face and he's like well there's plenty other women and men out here so you know you can go ahead and get what you want i'll get what i want and then she's like you owe me an apology for taking me to that store earlier and he has got to be the worst apologizer (laughs) i have ever heard in my life you're up today. I'm up today, but you stormed out and walked out on me like a little baby. So what? Uh, every time you have a titter tantrum, you're going to just storm out and walk out on me? You have to apologize for bringing me to that store. That's what you have to do. What? Me say sorry to you? Okay. I'm going to apologize. You ready? I am very sorry that you are inconsiderate. And a big-ass crybaby. How about that? I will say, he's lucky she didn't throw the drink on him. Because I was actually surprised. Because we saw with Jennifer and Tim in last season, what he did was not as bad, and he got drink thrown in the face. And there so, was a weird uh, Miami thing, too, where she was very much into, like, let's go to Miami. Right. Let's get let's married, married in Miami. Miami. Like, she starts talking about the wedding, and he is very anti-having a big wedding. Right. He wants to go to the courthouse. I mean, well, Come on. There like needs to be I a said, happy medium somewhere. And these two are not on the same page at all. At they're not all. this is they're not reading the same book. <laughs> these are like two totally different stories. So we can already tell that that this is going to be a disaster. Absolutely.
But then they go back to the apartment after dinner. And they make up. And he gives her the lingerie that he bought for her. And all seems to be fine for a minute. Because at first it was like, well, you're sleeping on the couch. No, you're sleeping on the couch. They did find a babysitter for Bryson. Which is good. Thank goodness. Uh, So at least the kid wasn't there when she's trying on this new lingerie set. However, I did learn through doing external research that apparently Robert has been arrested twice. He also has multiple kids kids by multiple other women oh really which he has not mentioned yet oh, but someone was able to track him down on social media went back through some of his pictures and it would appear that there are at least two other kids by two other women but something else i read said he has five kids by four different women wow so this guy uh. i don't think i think he led her to believe that things were going to be a lot different oh he absolutely did and he was hoping that she would be so grateful to be in the U.S. Right. That he could get away with all of these false promises and all of these things that he told her she was going to get. She seems like a brat. He seems like a jerk. <laughs> That's where I am with these two right now. That's the perfect description. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Up next, let's do Emily and Sasha. Let's do it. All right. So, first of all, Emily, So she's from Portland, Oregon. He lives in Russia. And where we first met them, she is living in Russia, teaching English, and she is very much pregnant now. Now, we do know for sure that this is his third kid with his third, well, the first two were ex-wives, and now Emily, they're engaged. Beyonce, right? So. So, doesn't have the best track record. We pick up with Emily now in labor. Oh, she's about to bust any second now. They are in the hospital in Russia, and this hospital looked like what you would see on American Horror Story Asylum. It looked like they had like a plastic lawn chair sitting beside this twin bed it looks like she was like strapped to at one point had she not been extremely pregnant about to have a baby at that moment i would have thought okay they're just doing this to make it look like oh russia's you know kind of worn down and all they you know not as modern not not as as technologically advanced it's one of those film things they do no she there's no way you're having that lady in that situation in that hospital unless it is real that was probably one of the most horrifying moments (laughs) on reality television i've ever seen and it looked like an abandoned hospital like there was no other nobody all the lights were off and like none of the staff members speak any english oh my gosh sasha casually mentioning that he missed the birth of his first two kids because he was you know working or something he doesn't even really remember no like this is just i'm like watching in horror i was just like what and you know when her family goes back and watches this, they're, they're going to be, be like, oh horrified. My oh my gosh. So there's a problem as she's giving birth. The baby's head isn't sitting right in the hip. And at the last minute, they have to do a C-section. And I'm like, is she really okay with the camera crew just being there filming all of this? That doesn't seem very sanitary to me. I just me. think so much was going on. She didn't, like she said, you know, when you're going through a pregnancy, it's not enough time to think in two languages. And that's why she had to have Sasha there because she speaks Russian. A little bit. But yeah. she would have to really think about it. It was. It was uh, something else. And I have to give a big shout out to all the ladies because, wow, I was there for my child's birth. And yeah, it is the worst feeling when someone you care about and love is in, in that much pain. excruciating pain. There's absolutely nothing that you can do, say, or whatever to I make it go I think she was also completely panicking at a certain point. Because uh, after she got the epidural, you're not supposed to be in all that much pain and discomfort. Uh, my wife got an epidural, didn't it? Uh, sometimes, you didn't do anything? Uh, no, not really. Oh. I'm telling you, it is the worst. Like, I kind of want to get one recreationally just so i know what it's like i mean i'd be curious to know what it feels well, I'm like sure if you're not in the actual pain it's amazing 
<laughs> can I? Can you do that? Can I? Can I just get an epidural to see what it feels like? <laughs> In America, anything is possible. Hey, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> but the good news is they are able to do an emergency C-section. Baby David is born. <laughs> they pulled him out like a turkey. It was just like. <laughs> well, and it was tense too because at first the baby wasn't crying. And they weren't saying anything. They were just like. Mm. Yeah, and you could tell Sasha was having this moment of what's going on, what's happening right now. Why isn't he crying? But sure enough, the baby starts crying. Everything appears to as primitive as that hospital scene. Yeah, everything went fine. It was everything crazy. came out fine. So at least they now have a little baby, and now they can start focusing on getting to the U.S. And we can start to figure out whether or not Sasha's going to hightail it on to the next as soon as he meets somebody else. <laughs> All right, another Blake and Jasmine, a couple. All right, we are three full episodes into season seven of 90 Day Fiance. Still have not met these two. Nothing. They tease that they might be showing up in the next episode, but. We're going to keep our fingers crossed for episode four with Blake and Jasmine. Uh, Do you want to go Tanya and Sinjin or Michael and Juliana? I, I want to go Tanya and Sinjin just so we can stay on the the baby theme for just a moment. Oh yeah, baby's on the brain. It was right. like that was the theme of last night's episode. <laughs> All right, so Tanya and Sinjin are in New York City. They're both 29 years old. She's from Colchester, Connecticut. He is from Cape Town, South Africa, and he has arrived in New York City with Tanya and her two friends. And so far, everything seems to be going okay. No, no huge dramatic blowups like we saw with Robert and Annie yet. Right. How However, from what we know about Tanya from watching the show, she is a lot. She's very controlling. Very set in her ways. Mm-hmm. My way or the highway. I always get my way. This is what's going to happen. And for the first time, we're, we were seeing some pushback from Sinjin last night because the topic of kids came up. Now, my favorite part about the whole thing, when I was like, so Sinjin, have you thought about what you want to do for work? Oh, that was the best. And he's like, he wants to be an actor or a firefighter or a neurosurgeon or a bartender or an astronaut or a circus clown like join the opera like wait a minute he is what? a wildflower like oh, go yeah. wherever the wind blows me we'll see what happens i don't want to think too much and try to plan too much because i just want to see which in some ways is probably why the relationship is working at least until this point because he is very kind of like okay mellow laid back she has she has ideas she has plans and she wants to implement them and he's just kind of like like you said mellow laid back so he just kind of goes with them but this is where he draws a hard line Something as big as having a child is something that I'm not going to buckle in. Uh, I will not like be under pressures and told when to have a child, all these kind of things. Financially, I don't think she understands having a child is some great commitment that everybody thinks it makes you, but I think it can break you. You just need to be prepared. Your problem is you never, you don't even know what it's like to like plan for anything. So that's why you don't like can't even imagine that being possible. It takes, yeah, it takes planning. It takes planning. It takes responsibility. It takes money. Um, commitment. It takes money. Yeah, you're having to work. And maybe we'll have a job you don't like to do. But I'm willing to do that. So I have the life I want to live. You quit jobs all yeah, your earnings. I'm not so. going to do something I hate. That's for sure. You're like. Don't come at me. Stay no. on the subject. No, I am coming at you because whether I'm having kids with you or not, I'm having kids. So that means if we don't work, you're going to go look for a sperm donor or you just... Yeah, that was the, my original plan when I wanted to have kids by the time I was 30 and then I met you. Okay. So I'm literally putting off having kids for you. 
Okay. It's almost like um, you read the story and I'm just the character. If it were up to him, they would wait seven to ten years before thinking about kids. She wants babies yesterday. Right. She said she has already put her plans on hold for a couple years to be accommodating to his timeline. But she goes on to say that as soon as the first one comes out, she's going to be ready for number two. And he's like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this first time I'm hearing about number two. He had no idea that she wanted more than one kid. And this is where he says, I'm not going to bend on this because he seems to be a lot more practical. And the guy who's kind of the (laughs) flower child free spirit is actually the one who, in my mind, seems to be the most realistic about this. Right. If we both want to travel and we both need a place to live and we have to get I have to get established in a job and like we got to figure this out before we start thinking about kids. And she's just like, well, where there's a will, there's a way and it's going to happen like it or not. I will get my way. And if I'm not having kids with you, I'll do it with somebody else. So her whole kind of thought process is my mom had me when I was young and it was great. And so therefore I want to have a kid while I'm young because it'll be great. And she's kind of leaving out. I'd be very interested to see what their life was growing up because a lot of times, especially when you're a kid, your parents kind of shield you and kind of make things a lot more comfortable Mm -hmm. than they really are in life. And so as to Sinjin's point, she likes to travel. He likes to travel. Trust me, it is so much more difficult to travel with a child. I go with my daughter to football games and it is just like, oh my gosh. And that's well, and even with that, though, you're talking about an hour and a half in the car. Exactly. And I, they sound like the type of travel they want to do is more like international. Let's go backpack That's across my point. Europe, see the world. I will say, though, up until they're about two, they do fly for free. Yeah. <laughs> so he I think he should just head back to South Africa. And she's way too type A for me. Like, I would have trouble being friends with someone like Absolutely. that. I don't know how her friends. I don't. First of all, I don't know how he deals with her friends being there all the time. And the thing I thought was shocking when she was like oh he's so codependent he needs me all the time when it would appear the opposite is true <laughs> right she's like oh my friends i would choose them over him because my friends are there and they have to be everywhere i am i and- also couldn't believe she said that in front of him i mean that may be true because right. you have more of a history with your friends than you do with this guy you've known for exactly. a few months but like to say that to someone you're engaged to seemed very disrespectful to me like i would never say that in front of someone i don't know hashtag keeping it real that's what she does hashtag too much <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag take it down a notch. <laughs> All right, last but not least. Oh, the creeper and Juli- I mean Michael and Juliana. Michael and Juliana, he is much older. <laughs> he is from Greenwich, Connecticut. She is 23 years old. She is from Brazil and her K1 visa has been approved. After being denied twice for a tourist visa, we find out very early on that she is in fact on her way to the United States. So, Michael shows up to the airport to pick Juliana up in a stretch Hummer limousine. He's such a D-bag. Which is such a show-off, unnecessary thing First to do. All, I would just like to say, I'm totally out on limousines. You've been in a limousine before, correct? Mm-hmm. They're not that impressive. Like no. It's just a long, like, it's not I, that fun. I will say, if he was trying to make a big welcome gesture to her, then I could give him the pass on renting a limousine to have her picked up but to me like a stretch hummer is like the broiest right it's something you do for like kids who are going to prom it's just yeah. and then right off the bat he starts making comments about porn make, limo limo porn. limo porn and he looked really serious about it like he looks she was like oh ha 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 and you can see his face and he's like you know limo limo porn you know like but it's like michael your children are gonna watch this michael don't say that he's, he's, he's a creeper he's gross so michael is gross creepy now i Juliana seems very sweet. It feels amazing. I can't believe I'm here. And I, I feel like I'm doing 
dreaming and somebody touch me I'm gonna wake up like that and wake up in Brazil <laughs> I've been through a lot and I'm just 23 years old and I've taken a risk but I need to try I grew up so poor work as a seamstress make like $10 a month, sometimes $20 a month. <laughs> we were collecting recycled bottles for buy some meat. We were so poor. In these nine days, this is bigger than anything I ever had in my whole life. I mean, I hope it works. <laughs> and so, you know, I have to give her a lot of credit because she seems to be very humble and isn't coming into this like Annie. <laughs> You buy me this. <laughs> right. I need an iPhone, et cetera. So on. then again, she's kind of had Michael's credit cards all along. So yeah, the last couple of years, she's been taking. Care she's of. been fine, but she does seem very childlike and immature to me in in some regard. But then I go, oh, she's twenty three. Like she is still very very young. So they are in this stretch Hummer limousine on their way from the airport to Greenwich, Connecticut. They arrive at Michael's house, his apartment, and it was a mess. It was a disaster and i know they're moving and i mean obviously there's no kind of really nice way to move but it just seemed like it was even over the top for moving um so they get to his house his house is a disaster and her meeting his kids though was so sweet it was their kids are awesome max and cc are the best and and she was sweet with them she she was telling cc like how beautiful she was and and she said i was so impressed by how smart max was and the kids like cooked breakfast for her and made her a cake like a welcome to a America Max cake. did his Brazil recon and he researched Brazil a little bit. Right, which was adorable that he knew that in Brazil they eat avocado for dessert and it was really, really sweet and cute that they had looked that kind of stuff up and knew that about her. The kids seemed to know more about <laughs> Juliana coming to the U.S. than a lot of these other people know about their partners arriving it was amazing. from outside and of I the U.S. And I love when Cece was like, oh, well, she said she was a model and it's obviously true because she's beautiful. Yes, that was a very sweet moment. The kids appear to like her. They did not throw as much shade at their dad as they have in the first couple of episodes. The big question mark is now going to be what happens when they sit down with Michael's ex-wife. And the preview sets it up to say, listen, you're not going to parent my children and no one's ever going to know them like I do, which is a total mom. I mean, I would be the same way. I'd be like, you're 23, honey. Like, you're still a child yourself. So you you can not try to parent my children. Absolutely. And so as far as we know about these two, they are now married. So it appears to be going well for them. However, if you look at like his social media account, he's got pictures of the two of them. If you look at hers, he oh. is not on there at all. Interesting. So I'm curious with this couple, I think for the sake of the show, they're going to be fine. But looking a couple years down the road, that's, that's going to be the big question mark. Yeah, I don't know. Then again, she is a model, so pretty much everything on her page is in regards to modeling. But I'm just saying that could potentially mean that she's... But with the way that she came out in this episode, where, like you said, she's very affectionate, very sweet, and lots of kisses, you would think but that... But he's such a dick. 
sick. She's going to get sick of it. <laughs> right? She's got, at a certain point, she's going to be like, um, I, I don't care how much money you have. Like, peace out. He's like, oh, you know, you can tell you're in Greenwich, uh, Connecticut. Look at the Bentleys. Oh, I know. That was he's, another thing that he, he said just that was does just that. like. I just can't. I just can't with this dude. He's a creeper. Uh, and he's, he tries to show off how much money he has and how affluent his lifestyle is. But people, in my experience, people who actually do really well don't have to flaunt it and they don't have to like put it in your face. Well, he was going to get a helicopter to pick her up from the airport, but it was outside of his budget. It was outside of his budget. And every time they ask, well, like, how much money have you spent on her so far? He won't say because he wants you to know it's a lot. <laughs> so good news, Jay. The Reality Bites podcast is now everywhere. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app. Yes. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, make sure you find us, rate and subscribe. We'll be back next week with a new episode of this dumpster fire television show that we have come to love so much. Bye.